0: This is a download from Ormskirk Christadelphians. Our downloads are normally of our Sunday afternoon talks, but following government restrictions due to the COVID-19 outbreak, we've had to temporarily close the doors of our hall on Moorgate. However, we still hope to offer a weekly Bible talk. A video version of this talk with on-screen quotations can be found on our website and our YouTube channel. We hope you enjoy the talk. This is a talk entitled What the Bible Tells Us About the Future of World Peace by David Nichols. All passages are quoted from the English Standard Version. Graven into a wall near the United Nations, the UN Headquarters building in New York, America, is a quotation from Isaiah chapter 2 and verse 4 They shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war any more. Outside the UN building is a visual display of this quotation. It's a statue of a man beating a sword with a hammer to make it into a plowshare. The United Nations organisation was founded after the Second World War with four main purposes. To maintain international peace and security. To develop friendly relations among nations. To achieve international cooperation to be a centre for harmonising the actions of nations. These are commendable purposes, if only they could be achieved. Sadly, out of the 196 countries that form the nations of the world, only 11 countries are not involved in armed conflict. Human efforts are failing to achieve world peace. So, is the situation hopeless? Is this world doomed to be in a constant state of war and conflict? No. In Psalm 46 verses 9 to 10, we see that God promises and has the power and intention to bring permanent peace to this world. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and shatters the spear. He burns the chariots with fire. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. Happily, the Bible presents a positive future of world peace. That quotation from Isaiah 2 and verse 4 on the wall near the UN building starts halfway through the verse. The words left out from the first half describe someone who will achieve world peace. It's a reference to God's Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. He shall judge between the nations and shall decide disputes for many peoples. The Bible says that God will send his son back to this earth to take control of all the governments of this world, replacing them with the kingdom of God. Long before Jesus was born, God's purpose with his son was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 6 to 7. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, And the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of the peace will be no end. On the throne of David and over the kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and for evermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. When the time came in human history for the birth of Jesus, an angel appeared to the shepherds watching over the sheep on the hills near Bethlehem to announce the event. Luke's Gospel records that the angel was joined by a multitude of angels, praising God with these words, which are recorded in Luke 2, verse 14. Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Jesus Christ will fulfil his promise of world peace when he becomes the world ruler in the kingdom of God. He will be the ideal world ruler. When he was on this earth nearly 2,000 years ago, he showed a genuine care and compassion for people. He proved to be a man of honesty and integrity in whom was no moral corruption. Although he was crucified and buried for three days, God raised him to everlasting life. Even the best of human rulers eventually die and pass off the scene. Jesus now lives forever. Another disadvantage human rulers have is that they have to make decisions based on what they hear and see. Jesus has supernatural wisdom and power to make the right decision and judgment in every situation. This ability of God's son as ruler was prophesied in Isaiah chapter 11, verses 1 to 5. There shall come forth a shoot from the stump of Jesse, and a branch from his roots shall bear fruit. This is a prediction that although Jesus would be God's son by miraculous birth, he would come from the human line of descent from Jesse, the father of David, through Mary, Jesus' mother. And he shall strike the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips he shall kill the wicked. Righteousness shall be the belt of his waist, and faithfulness the belt of his loins. That is a reassuring description of a powerful world ruler who cannot make wrong decisions or unjust judgments, who cannot be bribed to pervert justice, and someone who really cares about the disadvantaged people who are so often oppressed and exploited in the world today. The passage in Isaiah 11 goes on to describe a peaceful state, even between animals that at present are predators and in victims. Isaiah chapter 11, verses 6-7 to seven. The wolf shall dwell with the lamb, and the leopard shall lie down with the young goat, and the calf and the lion and the fattened calf together, and the little child shall lead them. The cow and the bear shall graze, their young shall lie down together, and the lion shall eat straw like the ox. Venomous snakes are no longer a danger to little children playing near their nest, as we read in Isaiah 11, verse 8. The nursing child shall play over the whole of the cobra, and the wean child shall put his hand on the adder's den. The description of peace amongst wild and domestic animals in the kingdom of God may well be literal, But it's worth noting that animals are often used in the Bible as symbols of different nations. For example, in Daniel 7, successive world empires are represented by the symbols of a lion, a bear, a leopard and a wild beast. Isaiah 11 is probably using the same idea to present the picture of peace between nations that at the moment are sworn enemies engaged in destructive wars. Interestingly the symbol of a snake or serpent takes us all the way back to Genesis chapter 3 and verse 15 when the literal snake that deceived Eve in the garden becomes a symbol of the power of sin. The prophecy in Isaiah 11 indicates that under the righteous rule of the Lord Jesus Christ the power of sin will be under control in the kingdom of God and will ultimately be removed altogether. The picture of universal peace is summed up in Isaiah 11 and verse 9. They shall not hurt or destroy in all my holy mountain, for the earth shall be full of the knowledge of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. Another description of what the rule of Christ will be like is found in Isaiah 32 and verse 1. Behold, a king will reign in righteousness and princes will rule in justice. The king, of course, is the Lord Jesus Christ. But who are the princes that will rule with him? The answer is contained in the promise that Jesus gives to faithful believers in Revelation 3 and verse 21. The one who conquers, I will grant him to sit with me on my throne, as I also conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. It's an exciting and wonderful prospect that we could be one of Jesus' helpers, working under his direction to teach people the knowledge of God and his ways. The United Nations Peacekeeping Force employs soldiers in blue helmets and carrying guns to try and achieve peace among the nations. The Bible shows that there is a better and more effective way. Those who have faithfully followed the teachings and example of the Lord Jesus Christ in their mortal lives will be given eternal life in the kingdom of God and able to educate people in the power of God's word with no need of guns or force. Isaiah chapter 32, verses 16 to 18, describes the result of that work of Christ's followers in the kingdom age. Then justice will dwell in the wilderness, and righteousness abide in the fruitful field. And the effect of righteousness will be peace, and the rest of righteousness quietness and trust forever my people will abide in a peaceful habitation in secure dwellings and in quiet resting places an important principle is brought out in these verses real and lasting peace is in effect or result of righteousness in other words righteousness the knowledge and practice of God's ways and standards must be established first When the righteous and just rule of the Lord Jesus Christ is seen at work in the earth, people will be motivated to learn the right ways of God. In Isaiah chapter 2 verse 3 we read, Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that he may teach us his ways, and that we may walk in his paths. For out of Zion shall go forth the law and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. Another encouraging picture of the future rule of Christ on earth is found in Psalm 72. It's an inspired prayer of David asking for God's blessing on his son Solomon who would soon take over the rule of Israel from his father. Give the king your justice, O God, and your righteousness to the royal son. May he judge your people with righteousness and your poor with justice. Let the mountains bear prosperity for the people and the hills in righteousness. May he defend the cause of the poor of the people, give deliverance to the children of the needy, and crush the oppressor. In his days, may the righteous flourish, and the peace abound till the moon be no more. For most of Solomon's reign, Israel did enjoy peace. But David would know that the psalm would only apply in part to his son Solomon, and that ultimately, it was description of the rule of God's Son, the Royal Son, over all the earth. May he have dominion from sea to sea, and from the river to the ends of the earth. May all kings fall down before him, all nations serve him. As we saw in Isaiah 11, we are given another insight into the compassionate and caring character of Jesus the King. In Psalm 72 verses 12 to 14 we read For he delivers the needy when he calls, the poor and him who has no helper. He has pity on the weak and the needy, and saves the lives of the needy. From oppression and violence he redeems their life, and precious is their blood in his sight. This is quite a contrast to some of the past and present world leaders who have promoted war and oppression for their own benefit, and cared little for the suffering of the people of their countries. As we contemplate these descriptions of future world peace that God has promised, and will fulfil through his Son, we might be moved to echo the words of David as he concludes his prayer in Psalm 72, in verses 17-19. to May his name endure for ever, his fame continue as long as the sun. May people be blessed in him. All nations call him blessed. Blessed be the Lord, the God of Israel, who alone does wondrous things. Blessed be his glorious name forever. May the whole earth be filled with his glory. Amen and Amen. We hope you enjoyed that talk. For more downloads, videos, information about what we believe and details of our meeting times, go to our website. OrmskirkChristadelphians.org.uk